You know, one of the things that uh, is foundational in, in the faith is the cross. Um, you look around and there's, there's crosses all around here. I mean, you know, it's on the slide. It's, you know, back here. Um, you know, we just, we just uh, partook in communion, which is all about the sacrifice, the, 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 the cross, the sacrifice of Jesus that he made for us. And, you know, it, it's so foundational that, that I find myself at times kind of skipping over it. Because it's just, you know, I want to go to the deeper things. Uh, Paul talks about in Hebrews, you know, don't, don't just stay on the, the, the milk, but go to the meat. And so I, I guess I've had it in my head that, that maybe that was just the milk, the cross. But one of the things that the Lord is showing me is that there's so much depth in the cross that, that we don't get. You know, and I've found this, when, when we do communion meditations... So many times we talk about all kinds of other things besides the cross because I think we're really missing out on, on the depth that's there. But one of the things that the Lord's showing me is that there is such a power. Not only did Jesus die for me, but he modeled a way of life for me where I can receive blessing and favor um, and just spiritual power, not, not in a sense of, of me, you know, just me walking in freedom and, and leading others to freedom. You know, one of the things that, that people struggle with the cross for is because it, it, it seems crazy that a God would lay his life down. Why would a God who's all-powerful do something like that? And of course, we understand that, well, we needed that. He was the only one that could die. But I want to share with you also that he was modeling something for us. And, and the scripture we're going to go to this morning talks about how Jesus had to lay down his rights. Uh, Hebrew talks about how, you know, he, he disregarded the, the shame of it for the joy that was set before him. Well, we also are called to lay down our lives. But I've found that I really struggle with that because I saw it as, as weakness. But what I'm finding is that Jesus was not weak. Jesus, when he went to the cross, uh, it was not weakness, it was strength, even though he's laying himself down and, and he's, he's kind of embracing weakness. But I found that I don't like weakness. Do you like weakness? I mean, I, I, I don't like weakness. I, I want to be strong. I want to be healthy. I want to be all those things. But you know what? Many times God uh, brings trials. He brings weakness. He brings all kinds of things into our life, not to punish us, but to instead show us the path to him, the path to healing, the, 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 the path to uh, walking in spiritual freedom. Uh, this week, I was listening to a podcast. My, my wife had, had um, told me I should listen to it, and I know that this isn't what she was after because this wasn't what the podcast was really about. But in it, the, the guy mentioned that he had a person who worked for him that came to him and said, I feel like I need to tell you, I really think that, that you struggle with, with pride, that, that you have an issue with pride. And the guy was kind of taken back, like, really? And I was, I was surprised of, of his reaction. He, he actually received it. I mean, if somebody comes to you and tells you that, I mean, what's your reaction going to be like? Well, who are you, you know? Well, you know, we start going after them. 
But, but he actually took it and, and he began to look at it and he asked his wife, he's like, do you think I have an issue of pride? And she was like, no, I mean, you know, I, I don't think so. But, it, but he kept looking into it and he, he started looking into what pride really was. And the Lord began to show him that he was prideful. And, and here's why. And I really relate to this because he was a confident person. He was a confident person that had confidence in himself. And what the Lord showed him or reminded him of is what Scripture says in James. God opposes, or or another word would be resists, the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. God resists and he opposes the proud. Here's what God's been showing me. God's been resisting me. And I'm like, what? I I, I mean, I'm a pastor. (laughs) I mean, come on. I'm giving my life to you. But you know what? I'm doing it in part out of my own power and and, and out of my own confidence. And what the Lord's showing me is if I want to experience more of Him, if I want to experience more of His power, more of His favor, more of His anointing, all of those things, here's what it means. I stop being confident in myself. It doesn't mean that, that, that I become, you know, this weak whatever, because that's what I thought it meant. And honestly, that's part of the, the, the reason that, that, that I've run from it. But I found out, you know what? You can be strong, but not arrogant. Amen. Did you know that? Here's one of the ways the Lord's shown me this, and it's been tough. So in my other job, I'm asked to um, enforce things, Right? Well, I don't know if you've ever found this, but sometimes when you try to enforce things, like if you have, like, like if you have kids or you try to enforce something with a kid, you, you can get some backlash. <laughs> you ever found that? Well, guess what? That doesn't go away when people become adults. So here's one of the things I found, that when I try to enforce things, sometimes I get a lot of backlash. But here's what I'm called to do. I'm called to continue to enforce, but not step into that backlashing as well. Not step in because it's tempting out of my flesh and out of my pride to try and run people down, right? When they run you down, that's what you want to do. But what I've found is I can continue to have grace. I can continue to speak in kindness to people, but not be weak. You know, I, I'm sorry you made this choice. I, I, I wish we could go back. And, and, and you know what? You can make other choices. But you know what? There's going to be consequences here. And you can go along easily or you could make it tough. But one way or another, we're going to do this. And what the Lord's showing me is that I, I don't have to be weak in the sense that I let evil trample over me or let evil trample over people. But I can do it in such a way, I can stand up to evil. Because when Jesus went to the cross, He was standing up to evil. He was saying, I'm not going to let evil win. But He was doing it in such a way that He was laying down you know, the flesh. Because He was flesh, by the way. He was fully man. And so He had to lay that down. I mean, He was standing there before the cross. He was being beaten and He's being mocked. He's being mocked by sinners. He's being mocked by people that are so much weaker than Him. 
I mean, when they came to get him, one of the Gospels uh, shares the story that when he said, I am, they all just fall down. (laughs) And then the knuckleheads get back up and they just keep doing what they're doing. I I mean, he was all powerful, but he he was flesh. And, And so as a person who walks in the flesh, it's hard when people are demeaning you not to enter in and demean right back. But you know what? That's the pride of the flesh. That's what caused uh, Satan to fall from heaven. He wanted everything. And again, Scripture says, God resists and He opposes the proud. If you are walking in pride, hear this. God is way more powerful than you, and He's opposing you. Oh, but I'm a believer. I'm walking with the Lord. Well, but if you haven't fully surrendered everything, there are places in your life where He's opposing you. And that's what the Lord's been showing me. There's places in my life where He is opposing me. The, the Lord's reminded me of, of doors in my life that have shut. And I, I, I've been, you know, I've always been kind of confused. I'm like, what's going on there, Lord? It seemed like there was a door opening and, and then it just kind of suddenly shut. What happened there? And the Lord's been taking me back and he's been showing me that in part because I was walking in pride and I thought it was a good thing. It's like, I'm confident. (laughs) I've always just had dumb confidence. I I mean, if you, you know, put something in front of me and ask, can I do it? My answer is yes, I can do it. I'm just dumb like that. But the Lord's showing me that um, he wants confidence, but it's confidence in him. And I can't have confidence in Him when I've got confidence in myself at the same time. I want you to hear this, okay? Because this is the message of the culture. Have confidence in yourself. You can't have confidence in yourself and have confidence in the Lord at the same time. So if you want salvation, if you want the power of the Lord, if you want His anointing, if you want His salvation, all of those things, you must stop being confident in yourself. You must realize you have no power, you, you, you have no rights, you have nothing. And if you will do that, Jesus says, child, inherit all that's mine. But if you come to him and you say, uh, yeah, I'm kind of lacking in some things. I got a lot of things, though. I'd like to add what you got to what I got, God. That's not the deal. It doesn't work. And that's what so many people are, are, are approaching Jesus with, and they're missing out. And again, what the Lord's showing me is I'm doing that in part. But God wants us to have more. He wants us to have more. But we got to choose the path, which is laying down our pride. Because in the end, uh, as we're going to see in the scripture that we go to, uh, Jesus received everything because he was willing to lay it all down for the Father and for us. The scripture we're going to be looking at is Philippians chapter 2, beginning in verse 3. Philippians chapter 2, beginning in verse 3. So verse 3 says this, don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. I want to stop right there. Don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. And I'm really going to hone in on the impressing others because there's many ways that we can be selfish, okay? But I really want to hone in on this impressing others because this is something that has captivated our culture. We are all about impressing others others. 
But what the Lord's been showing me is that it's all over me too. Now, on the one hand, I get tired of, you know, especially in sports, you know, seeing people constantly bragging on themselves, constantly tearing others down. And I'm just like, shut up and, and do your job. Show, show it with your actions, you know? I, I mean, I, I, I just, I, I get so frustrated with that. But here's what the Lord's showing me. I'm full of it as well. Because what the Lord shows me is that I do things and say things just to impress people. And it happens so often, I just don't even notice it. Uh, th this caught me the other, the other day. We had men's uh, gathering and... Um, uh, Keith, you and Tyler were, were talking, and, and you guys started talking about snakes, and I was sitting there with them, and suddenly I'm like, ooh, I got a bunch of snake stories, and I, and I almost started to open my mouth, and God convicted me, and he's like, why? What, why are you wanting to share your stories? And I'm like, I think it's just to try to impress people, and I just, the Lord just kind of stopped me. And he's been doing that at different times. It's like, I'm about to open my mouth, and it's like, why are you about to say that? What is that? How is that going to benefit the people that are around you? And I'm like, well, I don't know, but it's going to make me look good, Lord. Come on. That's what things are about, right? I mean, seriously. I invite you to try this. Spend next week, this next week, and just... Ask yourself, before you say something or after you say something, why did I say that? Why did I say it in the way that I said it? Did I have to say it in that way to benefit somebody else? I, I'm telling you, it, it is so ingrained in us that we spend all of our time and most of our communication trying to impress one another. I, I mean, the things that we do. I mean, the, the vehicles we drive. We choose vehicles not because they are the most practical or, or, or whatever. I mean, many times it's, it's because we want to impress other people. I mean, we'll, we'll put things on it just, just to impress other people. Our dress, okay? I mean, we, we, we try to dress to impress other people. I mean, it's constantly, what is all of that about? It's all about pride. And what does the Bible say about pride? God opposes the proud. But again, we, we don't get that. I, I mean, our culture is so far gone that, that there is a certain part of the culture that their mantra is pride, right? Sexual immorality. Pride. Like, that's a good thing. I, I mean, it's that God opposes the proud. We, we don't want to walk in that because it brings the resistance of the one who has all power. So how do I get away from that? Well, I stop being selfish, and one of the ways I stop being selfish is I stop trying to impress other people. He goes on, and he says, Be humble, thinking of others as better than yourselves. I, I mean, digest that for a moment. Thinking of others as better than yourself. I mean, that goes against everything inside of me. I mean, everything inside of me says, I can do it better than you. I mean, isn't that what it takes to be successful? But you know what? At 48, I have not been successful the way that I have wanted to be. And I find myself in somewhat of a midlife crisis, and I'm going to God, and I'm like, God, why not? And here's what he's showing me. Because you got all the confidence in the world. And it's all about you. 
It's not about me. Why would God give me things that are His so that I could try to use it to bring glory to myself who can't save anyone? I can't even save myself. Why would He do that when there are others who are willing to lay their life down and do everything for Him and give glory to Him? If He's a good steward, He's not. He's only going to give what I would give back to Him. And He's going to choose others who are going to give everything to Him and not try to steal some of His glory. Do you want to experience more of God? Start thinking of others as as better than yourself. And here's the other thing. Not only does God oppose the proud, but He exalts the humble. So what's going to happen is, when you start thinking of other people in that way, He's going to start lifting you up. He's going to start giving you favor. And what that favor means is, He's going to do things that you didn't make happen. It just comes your way. And when everybody around you is going to say, you are so lucky. That's so ridiculous. Why are you lucky all the time? You're not lucky. You're blessed. You've got favor. And why is it? Well, it may be because you're humbling yourself. Which, and how's he describing being humble? Thinking of others as better than yourself. I mean, that is so anti-American. So anti-American. But this is the key. The cross is the key. This is how we enter in and we gain God's favor and and we walk in His power and we walk in the freedom that He offers. This is it. Don't look only, don't look out only for your own interests, but take an interest in others too. You know, again, relationships, like if you go to any kind of sales training or or anything like that, relationships are all about connecting with people so that you can get something out of them. And and that is, is lifted up as that's what successful, smart people do. No, that's what fleshly people do. And, and it's what you will do by nature. The only way that you get around this is that you become aware of it and you start thinking about, okay, I want to start forming relationships for people that I can pour into instead of forming relationships for what I can get out of them. You know, if I form a relationship with this person, they might, you know, get me connected over here and I might get something there. You know, maybe I'll get something for my kid or, or, or whatever it is. Listen, if you're doing that, God's opposing you. You're working hard and you're like, how come nothing ever goes my way? I work so hard. Why isn't it happening? Because God's opposing you. Well, how do you get around that? Well, start forming relationships for what you can give to other people. Start thinking about that. And when you do that, what's going to happen? Favor. God's going to exalt you. He's going to exalt the humble. All kinds of things are going to come your way. That's what his word declares. Verse 5. You must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. Why, why did Jesus live and, and die and all those things? It's to bring us eternal life, but he was also modeling something. He's modeling something for us. Verse 6, though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. 
So in other words, he has every right to it, but instead of holding on and saying, but I'm God, why would I do that when I'm God? Because the Father is asking you to. So, here's the question. What's God asking you to do right now that, that is um, beneath you? That you're mad about? You know, maybe you're being asked to serve in a certain way and you're like, but God, I put in all this time. I deserve this. Uh, you know, maybe God's asking you to, to go to someone and humble yourself and be loving to them when they've been cruel to you. And you're just like, but God, they, they don't deserve that. I, I, I deserve to be apologized to. Well, if you will enter into that, just as Jesus did, what's going to come to you? God's going to exalt you. God's going to give blessing to you if you will enter into it. Because that's what he's asking you to do. He's asking you to follow that path. And here's the thing. I, I, I'm speaking to every one of us right now. Because we live in a world where this is just rampant. And we have opportunities multiple times every day to respond in kindness to people who are not being kind to us. And again, I'm not talking about not standing up to evil. I, I've already talked about it. You can stand up to evil, but you don't have to be a jerk about it. <laughs> you can be kind about it. doesn't mean that you let evil trample over you, but you still speak in kind. That's what Jesus did. Jesus went to the cross willingly. He did it to save us. God's asking you to lay your life down, in essence, to save other people by bringing them to Jesus, okay? And in doing that, we're, being, we're leading them to the one who can save them. It's not us. We cannot save. It is Jesus and Jesus alone. But again, it means laying down our pride. It means stop thinking about me all the time and start thinking about others and start thinking about their interests. Verse 7. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges. He took the humble position of a slave. And he was born as a human being. Now, these are all buzzwords right now that we hear a lot about. Privilege. All right? Slave. Hey, I'm nobody's slave. Hey, hey, you got privileges that, that, that I don't. I, I want those privileges too. If you take that path, again, God resists you. He's pushing back. But if you say, I'm going to lay down for, for you, God, the privileges that, that I've been given, that I have access to, and I'm going to go serve people that haven't earned it, why am I going to do it? Because the Father is calling us to. And again, we, we think we're going to miss out if we do this. In our American culture, we think we're going to miss out because there's all this stuff that we have access to and we've got to go out there and we've got to get our own. And I'm telling you, we miss out on so much. I, I mean, God can do something in an instant that takes us our whole life to try and get and we don't get it. 
But, but we don't experience so much of this and, and we complain that, you know, oh, we, we're not seeing God move the way that sometimes we read in Scripture or sometimes that we hear about, you know, the way He's moving in, in other nations or other areas. And part of the reason is, is because we're all fighting for our rights. We're fighting for as many privileges as we can get and it's all about our pride and we're missing out. Do you want God to work on your behalf? Man, I do. I, I, I've lived long enough. I've discovered I need it. The, the, I, I mean, I, I can be the most disciplined and, you know, hardworking and smart and all those things, and it doesn't matter. It falls short. Uh, you read Ecclesiastes or Proverbs that talks about all those things. You, you soon discover there are all kinds of forces go, that, that are happening that, that are out of your control, no matter how hard you work. So what do you need? You need the hand of God working on your behalf. How do you get that? You surrender. You surrender and you say, God, you're in control. I'm going to stop trying to live for as much privilege and whatever that I can get. I'm going to stop worrying about myself and I'm going to start worrying about others around me. I'm going to stop living a life that's meant to try to impress other people. And in doing that, what's going to happen? God says, I'm going to step in and I'm going to work on your behalf and I'm going to lift you up. Not so that you can receive glory. That's not what it's talking about. But it's saying, in essence, that He's the one that's going to provide for you. He's going to work on your behalf. When He appeared in human form, He humbled Himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on a cross. He humbled Himself in obedience to God because he was born in human form. I mean, he was God. He was God. And he took off, took on human form. And how many of us humans are there? Billions. We're all over the place. We try to be unique, but I mean, we're, we're just all over the place. I mean, uh, go to a, a more urban area and walk around and you're just like, man, there's so many of us. It's just you're, just, you're just one of, you're just a speck. Well, he was God. How many gods are there? One. Uh, there's all kinds of spiritual forces, but there's one true God. And he was God. And he said, I'm going to enter into this. And he gives it up. But what do we often do? If we do something good, you know what we want? We want accolades. We want a plaque somewhere. You know, we want people to talk about it, right? I mean, if I clean up a, a mess, you know, somewhere, uh, in a bathroom somewhere, I, I want somebody telling me, man, thank you for doing that. You know, I, I want accolades for it. That's my flesh. God was worthy. He had all the accolades and he laid it down. Am I willing to do that? Well, if I am, God is going to bring blessing. He is going to bring blessing. And it's, it's going to be fulfillment in a way that you've never experienced. It is going to be the thing that you're actually fighting for on your own. But you can't get it on your own. He can only give it to you. It's going to be this, this joy. This I mean, and I'm not talking about all your circumstances being perfect. I'm not talking about any of that. There's still struggle in life and all those things. But I'm telling you, there's this life that God gives in us 
that is fulfilling beyond anything else. Verse 9. Okay, after, after he you know, humbles himself and all that, here's what comes of it. Therefore, God elevated him to the place of highest honor and gave him the name above all other names. That at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue declare that Jesus Christ is the Lord to the glory of God the Father. Now, Jesus is the only Savior. He's the only God. We don't get to be God. But you know what? We get to be a part of His kingdom if we take this path. But we don't get to enter into the kingdom walking in pride, bringing our privilege with us, bringing our rights with us. We don't get to do it. we got to lay it all down. And it's a trade. <laughs> it's a trade. But man, there's no comparison in the trade. I mean, it's like pushing a junk car that won't run into the dealer and driving away with a brand new something. And that doesn't even begin to compare to what God is offering us. But it's so crazy. We hang on to our junk car that won't run. And God's like, look what I got for you over here. But we got to make the trade. We, we can't be like, no, I'm not trading. I want to keep. God's saying, make the trade. Jesus showed us the path. He laid his life down. And what happened was God exalted him. God gave him favor. And we see that all throughout Scripture. We see different examples. You know, for instance, you think of Job. Job had all these things come upon him that he didn't deserve. And I know you can relate to this. Because you've got things in your life right now that you're saying, God, I don't deserve this. God, why is this happening? And what is God asking for you, from you? He, he's not really going to answer that question. Because when Job was wanting an audience with God, and he's like, God, why? I, you, you come and you answer me. Well, that's not how God answered him. God answered him by, like, who are you? That's how he answered him. And so the right question is, we talked about this last week, is, God, what, what are you trying to do in me? Well, one of the things he's trying to do is to get you to just lay down your pride, lay down your self-reliance, all that. And God wants to give you something in exchange. And so with Job, when Job finally looked up at God and said, you know what, you've taken all of this away, but it's your right, you're God. He laid down all his rights and he no longer wanted to argue with God. What did God do? Gave him more blessing than he had before. I want to get to that point. I'm not to that point yet, but I want to get to that point. That's where God is leading me. Instead of holding on and saying, I deserve this, God. I deserve this. I, I, I'm laying it down. And that is where blessing comes. That is where favor comes. The name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue declare that Jesus Christ is the Lord to the glory of God the Father. Even though he suffered a criminal's death, the time is coming where every knee is going to bow down to him. And he's inviting every person, every person that can hear the message that they can be a part of the kingdom. But it means laying yourself down in, in every way, not just with words, but by like being willing to follow God from this point on, 
following Jesus, listening to the voice of the Holy Spirit. But it first means uh, just admitting your absolute need for him and then asking Jesus, fill me. Jesus, I've been going the wrong way. I've been going against you. If you're willing to do that, he's willing to fill you. And if you've already done that, there's places in your life where he wants to bring you more freedom, but it means laying that pride down. Are you willing to do that this morning? Jesus, thank you.